All right, folks, tonight we're going to be talking about that PWI Women's 150. The Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel pay-per-view just happened. Hopefully, talent made it back. Hopefully not. And I got a, I got a rebuttal to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We got a very intriguing question. Is the New Day the best fraction of all time? All that and more tonight on tonight's episode of the Big O Belt Podcast. Let's get started, folks. up lovely people and welcome back to another episode of the big gold belt podcast as you must know it's thursday 8 p.m eastern standard time where you can catch us live on twitter at big gold belt the whole team is here minus damien uh who's taking some leave uh still sending our prayers and, and best to him you know he's been kind of popping in and out um, he's taking some personal time tonight, and we fully supported that. So uh, everybody, definitely give Damien at Damien D Show Twitter some love. Uh, he's still going through a rough uh, spot in life, um, but we're going to hold it down for him. And we got some things to talk about tonight. But before we get into tonight's debate, conversation, and whatnot, gentlemen, how you doing today? All right. Doing good. If I can, just to give like a 15 seconds, I know I've, I've been out a couple of weeks, but um, just a, a huge shout out to Damien, um, which I know for, for first and foremost, um, definitely the things that he's going through and, and it's not easy, but definitely want to share my love and first time back in a couple of weeks to him. Um, definitely want to reach out to support to him and, and what's going on. And, and life is real, people. Just make sure you take care of the ones you can now. Um, make sure you take care of yourselves while you can now. Because uh, tomorrow's not promised, but just make sure you stay up on a positive note and, and do what's best for you. No doubt, no doubt. William, how you I'm glad that I am not on a plane right now, trying to come all the way around from the other side of the world to get to Kansas City for a show that has to be taped tomorrow night. The <laughs> clock is ticking, and I have not heard that people are on a plane. Or so, your, your flight got canceled, like Southwest too. So, oh, yeah, you're right. This is a very, very bad time to be flying. I tell you what, though, like I ignorantly saying, if they don't make the flight, I'm not mad because, you know, as history says, when they don't make the flight, we get one hell of a smackdown. So, you know, we will we'll talk about that in a little bit. But folks, the PWI Women's 150 dropped this morning. Um, it was uh, first announced as uh, Christian Ashley appeared on Renee Parquet's oral sessions where she announced the top five wrestlers. Um, and the, the magazine's available, so you can check it out at PWI. Um, for for us, what we're going to do is we're going to give our reactions and thoughts about the top 10 and or any other notable spots of talents that we've seen 
Um, first thing I want to say is this year they extended it to 150. Uh, excuse me, yeah, to 150 from 100, adding 50 more slots. Obviously, if you can do the math, uh, which is good because there was a lot of talent you can easily identify that was missing from last year, especially Japanese talent. So, uh, if they needed to add 50 more slots because there are way more than 150 women in, in wrestling. I'm in full support of it, no matter where you are wrestling in the world, especially during the pandemic year where folks from the UK, Australia, Japan, who wasn't able to come to America, obviously can't work their same uh, regular schedule. I mean, Shazam McKenzie is one name that just easily jumps out at me when you looked at her schedule when she was doing her American tour and the pandemic had other plans so you know it, it, it's it's i think it was a necessary thing because of the pandemic and also think it was necessary because there's definitely way more than 100 women out there that should be recognized for their work um so 150 is justified if there's 500 uh mixed uh if, there, if there's 500 uh mixed for for men uh, for men and women uh i definitely think that 150 for women alone should be pretty adequate. I would probably love to see this jump to 250 by next year, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, for me, top 10 person that I've been having my eye on this entire year because I felt like she had the undisputed best year of all of women wrestling was Deanna Perrazzo. The only thing that was holding her back is that she was in impact. She just wasn't working in the most watch brand the most uh highest level of 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 promotions and whatnot and i i get it if if you want to wwe is equivalent to the nfl i i get it i absolutely get it but two-time knockouts champion working nwa working triple a becoming a double champ beating some of the best talent in the world and very very uh pivotal storylines revolved around them uh, X impact talent, uh, the hottest indie talent coming in there, uh, you know, working the indies still. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, the resume alone for this one year is very, very hard to say that somebody worked harder than her. So her being number three, I'm not mad at it, but she sure as hell should have been within, within this company. So, um, uh, I, that's where I was definitely, soon as i heard it was released i said where's diana that's the one i i need to see in the top three because if she wasn't that is just pure bias towards impact and there's no other question a uh, 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 question to it so that's that's my initial reaction is is diana being at three pretty happy with that and I, i'll be honest too i'm happy with the top 10 but diana being number three uh, was definitely like a sigh of relief. <laughs> I didn't want to set Twitter on fire this morning. <laughs> Who wants to jump in there next? I'll go in next. Um, Bianca Belair being number one was surprising to me, but not surprising in a bad way. I felt like, you know, it was a good rub for her. She had a great year. Um, I was just surprised that she got picked to be number one. Um, I, I'm not knocking that at all, and I'm not saying it's controversial or anything at the top. But sometimes when the underrated or the, the fast pace of what somebody has in their career and you really recognize them and don't say, well, she didn't do this. She did this. Well, she didn't do this. Give her a chance to give her her kudos to be number one. Um, and, and I'm happy for her. 
Now, would I vote her my number one? That is debatable just based on the top list. As, as what you said, Two Chains, I'm kind of in agreement with you, you know, based on other promotions that may be lower tiered than WWE, you still can recognize those women for what they do. But by her being number one, I'm not mad about it at all. It just caught me off guard and, and surprised a little bit. Um, it's like Baker Mayfield being number one uh, in the NFL draft, but it's not bad, but you understand what it's for. Um, I mean, I- uh, to, to that point, yeah, you can be some of the best talent in college, but if you didn't come from the right school, then they're going to try to hold you back for that. We, we, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, There you go. I think, I think you or Jamal made that reference like a couple of weeks ago about uh, the men's, I believe. I um, think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, pretty much like, you know, um, there are a bunch of guys that are the mid-majors of wrestling. You know, you could win 500 in a row, but if you aren't a top guy, then you're Boise the boy state. state of <laughs> yep <laughs> of wrestling. Um, I didn't look at the list because why would why would I look at the PWI list? It's it's work, just so you know. Um, but with uh, Britt Baker being number four, I thought it was interesting. Um, you have uh, Perazzo in there or Rosa in there, and it's. I mean, I'm fine with it. Uh, you know, I don't mind that list. I just think that it is kind of like that, where you go, well, you aren't in um, a major promotion. You're on in the fringes of Japan or whatever, and you, you're just not, you know, aware to us. But then again, that's how I would see it too, because Bianca Belair being number one, I don't watch WWE, so. I don't. I can't say that she's not number one. I, I really don't know. I really haven't seen her work uh, at all. Um, so for me, out of the top five, I think Thunder Rosa would probably be uh, number one, largely because a I watch AEW, uh, but b she was the one completely unsigned um, that kind of was like the catalyst for a lot of the change in the women's division in AEW. Yes. Sheeta held the belt for a year and change because of the pandemic. Unfortunately, uh, AEW didn't really do anything with that. And they just said, here, because we know that you can work, have a belt. Uh, And then, uh, go ahead. I I do want to kind of chime a little bit into that. When you say, first of all, that's not Sheeta's fault. That's not Sheeta's fault at all. That's just what happened. Yeah, Yeah, that's how it was handled. Yeah, we've been very critical that the women's division felt like the pandemic where they yeah, were basically I mean, yeah, like they have the talent but where was nella rose where was a bunch where was swole where was a bunch of other people they flew everybody yeah. into the kt's sex dungeon but you know the women didn't get the fairest of shakes now if you're going to tell me that like behind the scenes there's so much more that you don't know all right cool <laughs> yeah. and, and maybe that is what it is no no that's you can check that out wednesday night at 10 p.m on tnt that is called Rose to the Top, if you want to know what happened behind the scenes. Right. So, <laughs> right. try again. No, but I'm saying, but, but about that, you know, for whatever the excuses that are making about the women's division, I think that the first thing, and this was back in March, um, when Rosa and uh, St. Patrick's Day, it was there for that show, where Rosa and Britt Baker had that, um, you know, uh, lights out match or no DQ match or whatever it was. Um, that was a thing that got people talking. That was a thing they got kind of the ball rolling. And I'm not going to say that, you know, Baker didn't have a hand in that because she would certainly be in the top five as well. But, you know, Rosa was the one, before, even before that, kind of had um, the ball rolling in a, 
oh shit, she's good and she's available. Move heaven and earth to get her. What are you waiting for, Tony Khan? Uh, I think Rosa really was the one that pushed that conversation forward in AEW. I really wish that I could have a person to um, say about in WWE. But again, I don't watch the product and I want to be fair. But I think also on the on, on other parts of the world, um, Neo Gun is the best faction in wrestling to me. And I think that uh, Saki Sama is probably one of the best talents in in wrestling right now it's that whole thing works and it works on the level but obviously if you're not watching you know tjpw you don't know what i'm talking about uh i think mesa rugas pound for pound the best wrestler uh in the world um i think that other people have done other things that have elevated their game multiple levels now it may not play out on tv but you know women like uh, Jordan Grace, uh, women like Trisha Dora, um, women like Ali Cat. Uh, I would like to see in the full list of where they you know come yeah. up because they have come night and day differences between this year and last year. Oh, that's let's, let's 2019 and, and and last year and this let's year. Di- let's dissect a little bit of some of the stuff you're saying, real quick. We'll get to you in a second, Will. So, first of all, I, I <laughs> firmly, firmly like when you two want to talk about hot takes that was online, everybody was lobbying for their favorite, not. Strictly based on the criteria for what PWI uh, grade for. So there was definitely people who were like, well, who's number two? Why is she up there? Sasha should be higher. You know, the Beyonce of pro wrestling here. Sasha uh, Cruz always going to advocate. Oh, you know 100, 100%. <laughs> and much like Jamal said, like if you're not watching Japanese or, and, and, or, or UK wrestling, then you're going to have those type of reaction. But it doesn't mean that these people don't exist. I So... That that's a personal problem or, or a personal issue, whether you're watching the, the content or not. But also, I do really do love that that whole uh, grading of what did this person kind of do, um, not only for their promotion but for women's wrestling. Period, and that does change a lot. I think easily when you think about what Thunder Rosa's done, but before the contract, Elevate Mission Pro and all of the talent in that pool, and then obviously. Her signing obviously was like a, a handoff back to them to also give them opportunities. So, like, that's very, very hard to, to argue with about what the impact she's she's done this year outside of just being in the ring, being a, work, a, a workhorse mm-hmm. in the first place. So I definitely agree with that. But you bring up my point. You bring up the point that I was going to bring up after Will. Um, I'm just going to quickly bring it up, then I give it to Will. So Trisha Dore was the highest woman on the PWI 500. She is 18 on this. We're going to give our reactions to that in a second. Will, what was something that stood out to you uh, about the list? Yeah, okay. So looking at this top 10, and to piggyback off what we were just saying there, focusing on Thunder Rosa, it really occurs to me, because you got her and Britt Baker right together. Britt Baker's at four. Thunder Rose is at five. They're paired right together, and Lord knows that match they had in AEW kind of put that women's division back on the map and lit a fire under things and probably can make a case for that might be where the idea for the TBS women's title got sprung from that we can we can really do something with this division now. If Britt Baker, if Britt Baker is the face of that division, and I'm sure a lot of people would say she's the face of that division, I would say Thunder Rose is the backbone of it. All this doesn't happen without Thunder Rosa being the foundation to raise that division up, I think. Because Britt Baker by herself just has never 
done it for me. So I agree. I think Thunder Rosa at five, if anything, I would kind of flip flop those two, but I'm glad to see her in the top five is the main I, thing. And hell, she got, like you said, she got a deal out of it. Her, her, her scope and reach this year and effect on things was pretty darn far reaching when you think about it. It, it goes beyond AEW since hell, she came in as part of the NWA. So <laughs> NWA, she, she wrestled, uh, uh, Deanna and impact. I mean, she mm-hmm. really did the forbidden door thing. And I mean, I don't know if that's part of the criteria, but you gotta, you gotta put that into perspective. Like, Hey, these high profile who was number one on the, who was number one on the men's list? Kenny Omega, pretty much based off that idea that he was all over the place. Bingo. And that's what made him stand out from Roman Reigns. Bingo. So if it means that much over there, it should mean that much over here. Now that Absolutely. I'm thinking about it. Absolutely. So, yeah, because like when you talk about working on the highest stage with the highest talent, also working diverse talent in different mm-hmm. promotions absolutely should count, which is why I bring up Deanna and AAA, which is a huge deal. A big profile match on their biggest night, title for title, is a big thing. Uh, yeah, Thunder Rosa, yeah, that's it's a very, very strong argument for her. I will also say one other thing, too, that when you talk about another talent that I feel was the backbone of the women's division for AEW. It's hard to argue against Swole, who humbly, but very loudly made sure that you know that you know her her creative and wanting to uh and and um and, and the program that she worked, advocating for women, advocating for women to have more time, doesn't matter what show is on, give us time to do so. That plus what she does in on social media, which those conversations, her Faye Jackson and, and, and Tasha Steeles, obviously brings in a lot of attention, which that attention results to change happening. That's a huge thing. I'm sorry. You know what else is funny? I wonder where Faye Jackson is on this list. That would be super interesting. When you talk about the impact of what she's done, not even wrestling, it, it well, fixed the criteria for me. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, how much, what's the actual criteria for, for the PWI? Uh, is it just storylines and stuff that we see on TV? Do they uh, count social media impact and other you know tangible assets like Rosa running Mission Pro, managing an NWA championship and AEW? Yeah, we if somebody could pull that up, that that would be helpful. Uh, we can I'm looking right get, now to see if yeah. I'm curious if they have any kind of different criteria for the women's list as opposed to the men's. So yeah. y'all keep talking. I will and, and also like but that would be right if they did that though. That would be so unfair if they did that. I yeah. mean, because that's that's part of the of the thing. It's like, yeah. well, who are you? What promotion do you work for? But what change or impact have you done to influence women's wrestling? I know that was part of the men's criteria. We don't know if it's part of the women, but it would make sense that they would judge them the same. Um, and when you say the men's, the only thing that's added there is um, intergender wrestling. Women's, I don't think that made an impact in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal, really quickly, I want to bring up too. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about Trish in one second, but Trish is 18. And um, Alley Cat is fifty. Alley Catch is fifty-eight, which, okay. yeah. So you know th- th- that, that was number one and number two on the five hundred for women. So you know, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, but to that point, uh, and it'll probably help when we get the list. Trish being eighteen, being what was she in the five hundred again? I, I feel uh, like 40, around <clears throat> 44 or something like that. Yeah, some yeah, 44, 40, I was about to say 46. Yeah, something like that. Does the math make sense here without even thinking too hard? Does this make sense? Um, the short answer is no with a but. 
And I could easily say no. How was she ranked so uh, low amongst all of these top, top, tippity top superstar men? And she's up there as a woman. How is she not bigger or more impactful than other women? And then, of course, that's where you get with uh, the men's list. And you're going to say that Trisha Dora is more impactful at 44. Uh, yeah, I think 44 than 456 mm-hmm. other men. Men and women, because other there were like a few other women scattered around mm-hmm. out there. So if she's more impactful than all of them, you could take number 45 and say, well, is number 45 bigger than people on the women's list? Um, you know, and, 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 and you can do all these kind of cross comparisons and stuff. But the long and short of it is, is that uh, what goes into the list itself as uh, as a matter of like as a matter of speaking, because if you're going to have Trish at 44 and then you have. Bianca Belair as number one. Well, did Bianca have a more impactful year than not a better year, but a more impactful year? But then again, that depends on what their criterion is, because it may not matter if she had a more impactful year if she did it on the indies. Yeah, well, let let me jump in here. I found it. So here's here's the the several criteria that were used, but three that are highlighted are wins and losses. Quality of competition, those are both on the men's side. But here's the X factor, here's the wild card, and what we're speaking to, cultural impact. Oh, my goodness. So that, that could mean a okay. lot of well, different things. That is whole shit in the trash thing. <laughs> I'm about to say, cultural impact, that's the yes. oh, my goodness. Oh, the whole goddamn thing in the trash. So, so, like, this is, I mean, like, we're definitely not even about to dive into this conversation, no. but this, no. is, this, is, this is the scary part about when people want to strive towards <laughs> Uh, inclusion and diversity. It was like, we got to do it, but they're not really understanding what that may mean. And that's not a knock towards BWI, but that means that that's such a vague umbrella statement. Mm-hmm. You have to narrow that down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this cultural impact to you could be Bianca main event at WrestleMania. That's what I was just cultural about to say. Impact. And she won the Rumble, and she won the Rumble too. It's like, right. that. that it, it, to me, that puts an asterisk by her being number one, and that's not fair. That's not fair. So, so Bianca being booked to do the things that she did is more impactful than Rosa actually doing the things that she did as mm. a nature of her business. Yeah. Because yeah. Right. that's the thing. Basically yep. bankrolling the uh, women's division for, you know, most of the pandemic because they all came through Mission Pro. Um, you know, doing the do the three two or three tier contracts with everybody else and working them. Uh, you know, versus being booked to have a six month run. Yeah. Also, I mean, we want to talk about like cultural change. Who worked the, the last Saudi show? Uh, who did? Well, I don't. I don't know. I, I yeah. Didn't tell I you. mean, well, it's been over a darn year since we had during the time period there wasn't one. So there you go. Yeah, but still, I mean, like, and and, and then again, it's just like uh 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 you Tommy at two. You're just like okay, cool. Japanese wrestler, gotta include that. Put it up there. There's three Japanese wrestlers in the top ten that are not in WWE. With never oh. mind Io Shirai in there, so four if you count Io. Yeah. So make sure we know. Let make sure we make it very clear that Stardom exists. Number right. two, three different people from Stardom in the top ten. Yeah, so, yeah, because that's the one that they watch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly that's a factor. Obviously, yeah. yeah there's three stardom people in the top ten. There you go. Yeah. So they got us. They got a stardom. A stardom guy. I'm the AEW guy. That's the one that they watch. 
So <laughs> yeah, because to round out the top ten, you only have Diana from Impact, and the rest is WWE Stardom, two from AEW if you count Thunder Rosa as AEW, and then yeah. two from NXT between EO and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, that's your yeah. top ten. Yeah. Hey, um, we're gonna jump to our next topic. Hey, Will, really quickly, uh, what happened to Cody's tweet earlier? Oh, that disappeared real darn quick. <laughs> That those quote tweets started rolling, and Cody was like, "Oh, d- get that out of here!" I don't even think it lasted ten minutes. I'm trying to tell you, for whatever money he has, he needs a publicist at all times. He well, needs his a, wife has had a PR, so no, he he needs a, a separate entity to do this. Because man, I'm telling you, my man out here, he's he's he's, he's not good at uh at, on the mound, man. He is trying to get. Or oh, he's not, yeah, he's not good on the, on the plate. Strike it out left and right. And, yeah, that I, I, I saw Will tweet. I was like, oh, let me look at the comments. So that's that's for another day. Um, Before we get to break, uh, we're going to run our commercial in a second. Um, We're going to talk about Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel, uh, the Saudi Arabia show that I don't know if the contract is still in play, but it was a 10-year contract. Um, oh, two it's shows. still in play. Okay, so I guess they just, you know, pandemic year, called it truce. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely, I mean, for, for whatever it's worth, that was a good business deal for them. But we know the last time they went over there, the plane quite didn't make it back. And to me, I know it was a hostile situation. I definitely wished everybody their safety. But hey, SmackDown was hella good that Friday. Hasn't been any news that the plane has made it back now. So before we get on joke, uh, I wish everybody a safe trip. Uh, but if they don't make it back tonight uh, or, or in time for tomorrow, SmackDown should be pretty good for their uh, season premiere. So we'll see. But we're going to actually talk about, um, as Crown Jewel returns, uh, just notable moments from it. Things that stood out to us. Uh, we got a new King of the Ring. And Queen. And we, and we have... Uh, queen's crown champion um and other than that yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about it so yeah let's jump to our little commercial break and we'll be back in a second since 1998 stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses stamps.com brings the services of the u.s postal service as well as ups right to your computer whether you're on the phone sending invoices a side hustle etsy shop or a full-blown warehouse shipping out those orders, Stamps.com will make your life infinitely easier. All you need is a computer and a standardized printer. No special supplies or equipment necessary. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you exclusively get discounts on postage and shipping from UPS as well as the Postal Service. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup, drop it off, no traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There is literally no risk. And with my promo code POD, P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitment or contract necessary. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD, stamps.com. You'll never go to the post office again. All right, folks, welcome back to the second half of the Big Old Belt Podcast, live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. You can watch us live on Twitter at 
big gold belt. Um, and then afterwards, you can watch the replay or listen to the replay uh, podcast on all audio platforms. Keep up with news and updates at biggoldbelt.com. Uh, so the first half, we talked about the PWI Women's 150. Actually, I, I, at some point, I got to look at the whole list because the more and more I started thinking about it, I, st- I started getting curious about where other people were at. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, at another time. Let's talk about the Saudi Arabia show, Crown Jewel. Gentlemen, we're going to make this one very easy if you watched it because I don't know what everybody's day-to-day is. I, <laughs> I can only only uh, be in my own head at a time. Um, tell me about either uh, standouts, questionable moments, and whatever else it may be. And obviously, I'm going to start because I'm talking the most. Um, I want people to understand because this seems to still get lost in this area of confusion. The Saudi Arabia show is nothing but a super duper sized house show. It to, is to appease the Saudi family, royalty, and it happens to be an event for them now because they put a whole bunch of other different things happening this week. Pitbull was on stage with The Undertaker. I tr- I promise you, folks, I that that is not a lie. Uh, but hey, you know, that's the type of thing that you get in Saudi Arabia where the prince can move heaven and earth and make whatever he wants happens. Therefore, he gets his own mini WrestleMania. Sure, the aesthetics, the presentation, all of that is A1. If you blink, it is it looks better than than um than WrestleMania. But it's nothing more than a house show. And the reason why is that is because there's no I, I don't know, there's there's no like booking in the sense of long-term storytelling. The booking is for entertainment. Um, to appease the audience, I mean, Monsoor versus Go- Goldberg needs to happen at some point, or maybe Brock. G- give us that <laughs> because th- that would just put everything to bed, so y'all can fully understand <laughs> what the Saudi booking look like. It's Monsoor goes over, and whoever else is is on the rise, and that's that. It's fun. They have a lot of fun. It's a good time, and for us, it's just extra content for the network. You watch it, good matches, good moments, whatever it may be. Um, so that's that. So when you go into watching it, just have a good time. Therefore, my comment about today is one thing. Goldberg has redeemed himself in my book because, man, I had a real bad taste with him in that Undertaker match. And all you know how long ago that was, but I, I've just never felt the same about him afterwards. And Goldberg was my hero uh, back in the WCW days. Him and Sting, I feel like they could have took on the world. I mean, if a, if if a, uh, uh, um, if 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 an asteroid was coming to Earth, Goldberg had our back. Like that's how much confidence I had in this guy. Uh, he worked a hell of a match with Bobby Lashley, and I thought that was a. I think story wise, it makes sense based on everything that's been happening. But like, they're two horses, and I thought it was just going to be just a I don't know Goldberg Brock back in the day type of match. But they, it, it's incredible that it took us. How long to have a a, a, a real nose hose bars match, and they actually utilized it the way they should have been done. So they worked the hell of a match. They both looked good. They both didn't look gas. Um, and quite frankly, it might have been my favorite match of the day. Like it just was just that fun, you know. So uh, shout out to Goldberg for getting back on my good side. <laughs> that had to, that had to be like one of the longest Goldberg matches in a long oh. time. For sure. <laughs> that was no little two, three minute affair. They went a good almost 10 minutes, maybe. Give Bobby was, credit for that and, one. And Give Goldberg, Bobby credit for that one. And, and Goldberg probably took his biggest damn bump he's took in years going off that ramp. 
So <laughs> prop, props to Bill. He showed yeah. up for the prince and uh, was ready to go. I'm going to take exception with one thing you said, though, there about this just being, you know, as we've said in the past, a, a souped up house show sure. with yeah. a lot of fireworks and stuff. Because the one thing about Crown Jewel this go around that I'll give them credit for, there were nine matches on that show and every one of them had a story. They didn't just yeah. throw matches on this show to throw matches on the show. Every single thing on it actually had some build to it. First time that happens. Cool. Can, 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 let me let me let me just rebuttal that real quick. Anybody who's an anime fan, if you've ever watched a movie of a series that isn't canon, so Dragon Ball is exempt right now, but old Dragon Ball, it makes sense for why the movie's there, but it doesn't progress the series. That that's what I feel about this. It's like I understand why these worlds are self-contained deal. Yeah, it's 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 a self-contained story that isn't based on the manga, isn't based on the series. It just from what the series got you to this point, they told the story, and then that's that. You know, maybe there is things to come from afterwards, but it's truly not canon, and it's not going to change things going forward. That that's how I look at it. But you, you okay. That, that's fair. That's fair. I would say the things coming out of this that may have some effect, of course, is now we do have a new king and we have a queen for the first mm-hmm. time. So we're going to we are going to be seeing the antics of uh, Queen Zelina on the throne. And as we'll talk about later, more about uh, the accomplishments of our new king, Xavier Woods, which happened today. So we're going to have that happening. But uh, we had the women's title, which still, hey, the women's title situation still needs to get sorted out because we have a blue title headed to the red brand and a title on the red brand headed to the blue side. So there are storyline implications there that weren't settled today since surprisingly Becky retained. So we got that. And I guess other than that, we got, you know, you had your big main event between Roman and Brock, babyface Brock Lesnar going over there and him and Roman kind of beat the crap out of each other. And we had a winner. But by no means do things seem settled there, and by no means do the Paul Heyman, I think, show his hand. They were very careful to leave everything very vague. So there, there's stuff to come out of this, but I've never really watched the Saudi shows before because there really hasn't been anything I really cared about on them. Today, yeah. though, this was an interesting enough of a show, and it was a, worked out perfect that it was a stay-at-home day for me for work. <laughs> so it was like, hey, I can have this on in the background while I'm trying to get stuff done. No big deal. And <laughs> hey, for an afternoon on a Thursday, I thought it was a nice little show. Nothing, nothing crazy, blow away nuts. Hell in a Cell was pretty crazy. Probably the craziest thing on there as far as like that people the just beating the crap out of each other. And that opened the show. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, th- I thought there, there was nothing bad on the show. I would say there's nothing outright bad on it. And of course, I'll leave it at this for I hand it off to Celis Mansoor, as always. Always. Hero on these shows. Always. National always. Hero. Always. Thank you, so, Mansoor, for making today possible. So I'll say this. I'll plug my bright spot of what I think Crown Jewels should change to. Now, bear with me for a second. So it is Crown Jewel, right? And even if you look at the sign of what Crown Jewel, you seem like you're crowning something. Make Crown Jewel your new King of the Ring pay-per-view. I feel like King of the Ring should be what Crown Jewel is. So you could say Crown Jewel king or queen of the ring since now we have the queen because when you have uh maybe just a, a eight bracket tournament maybe on each side you can have a four-hour show and these filler matches where you can spotlight mansoor you can spotlight brock lesnar as those filler matches in between if necessary mansoor filler bro watch yourself or, sir. or, or he could he could be in the king of the ring for a matter of fact so nah they but, can't do that because they'll win every year <laughs> 
but use this as a way to spotlight you know as far as the show is spotlight your up-and-coming people just on that tier as you coming up for yeah. for wrestlemania season or right before wrestlemania season Not so when you think idea. about when you think about xavier woods and, and you think about zelina vega you know winning their respective matches there were huge moments for them huge moments on the peacock let this pay-per-view continue to build that way so you make it meaningful for storyline emphasis on top of what you're trying to build for your program we don't call it the peacock here just let you know that you, you know excuse what it me. is excuse me excuse yeah, you, it's the cock you just, just keep it keep it short and sweet sir Game. Okay. yeah okay, <laughs> uh really really quickly for jamal <laughs> uh do you think and maybe i'm tripping but do you think the lack of reaction to the crownings is problematic there i will say this there is definitely a corner of the interwebs that are damn pissed that Zelina is there and want people want to be mad that she finally got a win and got something. What? That's not where I was going there with that, but that's interesting. No. I, I just, well, I, you I, know, cause you know, damn well, there were people unhappy that she went back and they were the oh, ones that were, you know, they yeah, were, yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. those are the same people this. that, cause since <laughs> she's been back, she hasn't had that, you know, she hasn't had a great run since she came back Lost and now time. she finally got something. These and now they ain't happy about that. No, they, my- <laughs> they were the first ones to be saying, look, you went back and they're treating you like garbage. Now she got something and ain't happy about that either. You know, so- you know, those are just the, the AEW folks uh, with uh, with pillowcases over their head. Essentially don't want her to ever be on good terms with them since she seemed to be appearing to be anti them. And she went back. So she saw now. I, my, my question was, because <laughs> they're being crowned as royalty in mm-hmm. a place of royalty, Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like did you did you feel a sense of like wait what? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I, I don't even know a good comparison to be honest, but like yeah, did, did nobody feel like a sense of like there wasn't no and, and it seemed like there was no reaction to it, mm-hmm. or did the mics just go hot for their for their uh, dialogue afterwards? Because I I was expecting a big reaction, but it just felt like oh. That happened. Maybe there's other people that's just like, oh no, that's that's not how you become royalty in, yeah, our, maybe, in our country. Maybe it was. Maybe they weren't into the people who were. I, I thought the crowd was better than it's been in the past. Yeah, just besides that, that, it was just that. That's why I was. I was like, this doesn't seem. Oh no. So Jamal, I know you didn't watch it. Also, Will. By the way, I remember there was once upon a time where um, working from home or even working in the office, and you try to watch the uh, the uh, March Madness or you try to watch right. Crown Jewel. And you gotta watch, look over your shoulder because you know using that internet bandwidth, and you you get right, scared because right, right. you hope IT not calling you. Like, yep, so yep. what you watching over there, sir? So yeah, it's definitely <laughs> definitely cool when you could be at home and watching it at ease. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I got a, I got a couple questions. Yeah, go for uh, it. First thing is, is what time does it start and end? Twelve to uh, four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Twelve okay, to yeah. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was over at four. Twelve to four, so that's seven to eleven local time. Yep. Right. So. Interesting, interesting. There is a flight out of Riyadh, which is where Crown Jewel was. Oh, boy. There we go. Air Hamburg, which is Hamburg, Germany. That's a private company. Now, I'm not saying anything because I don't know. I can't see (laughs) who's on board. What I can see is that this plane is right now has no destination. It definitely left Riyadh at 2 in the morning local time. Okay, so, so it's in the air. Over at 11. I mean, the show was over at 11. 
You can make a 2 a.m. flight yeah. on a private jet. And it is at 40,000 feet right now over Cairo, Egypt. Destination unknown. Okay. Just saying. Hopefully that's our folks. Yeah. Somebody's on that plane. I don't know who. That could be Vince's plane. I don't know who. (laughs) The only other thing that is of interest is I'm tracking flights in and out of uh, Riyadh. We're about to get the podcast hacked or tapped at some point to go play. Yo, what are they doing on here? (laughs) Don't worry about that. Um, is that there is a scheduled flight on Saudi Airlines at like five in the morning that's nonstop to JFK. Uh, I know that SmackDown isn't in New York, but that's the only flight that I can see that's commercial, that's nonstop to the U.S. So uh, it gets into New York at 11 a.m. That's a bunch of raw talent right there. Which is in plenty of time to uh, make a move to really anywhere else in the country. Um, to go in before showtime at 8 p.m. on a Friday night um, yeah. or whatever time local, they wherever they are on a Friday night. So I'm just saying nobody's tweeted, you know, anything that I've, been, that I've yeah. seen, uh, you know, no, no craziness on the tarmac or anything like that. Nobody's wondering, you know, where stuff is and planes are going in and out of Riyadh. I can see that. But um it appears, you know, that that hopefully that things are going according to plan. Um, I think as I'm looking at like the match times and stuff like that for Crown Jewel, um, it is interesting that Goldberg and Lashley went 11 minutes and 25 seconds according to Wikipedia. Ooh, I think interesting. I yeah, interesting is probably not the word I would use here, but like completely mind blown, no way, impossible, cheat, mis miscalculated information. Goldberg on 11 minutes, nah. <laughs> Um, it's also no. interesting that Brock versus Roman only went 12 minutes. Um, it was short. It was short. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the only woman's match was uh, Zelina Vega versus Dewdrop. No, that's not the only match. It was the triple threat. We had the, the triple threat, threat for the right, time. Right before Roman oh, right, was right, the right, 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 right. That went a while. Yeah, that went that went nearly 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, they, worked, they worked a hell of a match. Yeah, so that, that went nearly 20 minutes. And, of course, Mansoor. Uh, went 10 minutes exactly with Mustafa Ali. Um, and, and the longest match of the night was Edge versus Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went 27 minutes. There's no fucking way that I would sit there and watch that. So um, <laughs> it does seem like it, they're starting to get into the groove of things as far as what the Saudi shows could be. Um, if you want to insert the political ramifications of it, then fine. That's well within your right to do so. That does make sense. Um, but as a show... It definitely is more than just a house show, and it's arguably, you know, a I don't want to say a destination, um, but it could be a destination, you know, because WWE had those insurrection pay per views in London every couple years. Yeah. So I don't see how it's any different than that, or or you know whatever whatever they call. Insurrection is a big one though. Yeah, but because that's more of a like plan catering to. Well, they signed a ten-year deal, so how is this not planned? No, I mean like more of a like a a a tour planned out. This is more of a we got money, we're going to get what we want type of thing. You're coming over for one show, yeah. So, so, so I I wasn't even going to bring this up really quickly, but because you're you're kind of I feel like you're going down this path easily enough. We 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 talk about the big four. We always called it the big five before even WWE even acknowledged it as the big five which just came out in the press release like a a month ago or sometime this month 
Jamal, do you think that the Saudi show should be within the conversation of saying this is a big six, where this is a must-stop destination for all of the reasons for this to be a must-watch pay-per-view? Um, personal personal beliefs is that. Like, yeah, I mean, like, they're taking away the political ramifications out of it. Uh, I think that it should be higher up because from a logistical standpoint, uh, they're in the Middle East. So that's halfway around the world for most of the time zones that watch WWE. Um, it's a 7 p.m. local start, which is unfortunately in the middle of the night for Japan, but it's noon Eastern, it's 5 p.m. in London, um, and it's 9 a.m. on the West Coast. Gotta so be lovely all of for America. Hmm? Lovely for London. Yeah, so all of America, all of South America, all of Europe, all of the Middle East and Africa can watch this thing live without it being, you know, two in the morning. Now, unfortunately, and even still, even in China, that's and in Western Australia, that's only a midnight start because they're 12 hours exactly ahead of us. So, you know, if you really want to watch the thing and it starts at 11 p.m. or midnight, that's not impossible. So I do think that for the rest of the world that watches WWE live, this could be the biggest deal to get more... um, more eyes on the product at one time and actually literally have the world talking about this show. Yeah. Uh, because everybody else stays up into some ungodly hours of the night to watch watch wrestling product from North America. Good on y'all, because if I was British, I would not be a wrestling fan live. Yeah. Um, hey, this, this is probably something that, I mean, if, if, if they had it in them, this would be something that uh, um, uh, uh, New Japan should be thinking about, putting a bigger show in a more friendly time zone to get more aisles on the product, especially your, that U.S. territory they've been trying to get for a long time. But I didn't even think about this in a logistical manner as to what the viewership does for other people. And, I, and again, that's why yeah, I think like for, for, for the yeah. for the U.K. folks, a five o'clock start time for a major pay per view that's big time. That's yeah. I, now now also and 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 the, you know, the internet can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that the weekends in the Middle East are actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I th- um, no and idea not. That. And not you know Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday like they are here. So it does make sense as to why the pay per views are usually on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So and, and that also makes sense based on the other events that's going on out there this week, this weekend, our weekend right. for them. So yeah, right. Yeah, so um, I do believe that their weekends start on Thursday in the Middle East. And if I'm wrong, then you can egg me on Twitter. But hey, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to go ahead. Alex fans got a comment to Marcel. But the idea is, logistically, this should be the second or third biggest show of the year. WrestleMania is going to be number one, and, and it should be. SummerSlam, obviously, it should be number two. And I think yeah. SummerSlam should be in a football stadium or a baseball stadium every year. The presentation needs to be bigger. Yeah. But this one, um, and you could think, of like, well, why is it on a Saturday? Because that's a regular work day for them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that logistically, um, for the rest of the world, India especially, um, and of course it's the middle of the day for the U.S. and the even early late afternoon for the for the uh, Europe, this should be a bigger deal to have all of these storylines around the world come through, and then you know for tourism to Saudi Arabia, for, you know for what it's worth, it could be their second WrestleMania, where it's like no, nah, this is a destination, uh, we're going to do this every year, and you know that you're going to do it every year. So yeah. why isn't it a destination? And then, yep. of course, that's where you insert the political ramifications because, nah. But if yeah. this were more of a Middle Eastern thing, 
I would love to go to the show if it were in, you know, Qatar. Yes, I'm well aware of those political ramifications as well. But you got to pick your poison. Uh, But yeah, WWE in Dubai, absolutely. Uh, WWE in Abu Dhabi again, fuck yeah, I'm down. I would go. I would totally go for this WrestleMania-like experience in the Middle East, live around the world. Yeah. But the Saudis bought it, and that is what it is. Yeah. So. Hey, Celis, hey, hey, um, mm-hmm. you brought up Mansoor and put him in the King of the Ring. Just, I just want you to understand, and and you know, because here at the Big Gold Belt Podcast, we are Mansoor Marks. Um, so I just want to make sure you understand that Mansoor is a combination of Oscar, Goldberg, and a Game Shark in Saudi Arabia. No <laughs> one's beating him. Mansoor can be also the number one heel. In, in Saudi Arabia, Please. If, you, if you try to do it the right way, so I'm just saying, no, you can no. book it the right way if you do. Sir, what do you? You're, you better not ever go over there. You're going, <laughs> <laughs> sir. Bring do you understand? Mansoor is a super god over there. He's Isn't like it? he's like Superman, Spider Man, Iron Man, all the Avengers, all of everybody from DC put into one bottle, shaking up Pikachu in there for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mansoor. He can do no wrong, sir. What are you talking? Why would they ever make the one person Mansoor is where he's at right now because the Saudi Arabia had the, the Saudi prince had his hand in Vince's back pocket and said, "That's my guy." Yep, we got you. Anybody can be a heel. Just remember that. <laughs> no, no any everyone time. should be a heel. Mansoor is not that guy. Yes, dog. Like what? My, my, yeah, we might next time. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. We, Listen, you us at the Big Bell podcast is not responsible for Marcella's comments for tonight. I, this dude lost his mom. We don't need the prince. Do not need to be coming looking for us. Yeah, <laughs> I put prince. that right out there. Right yeah, now. Yeah, that I black prince. van, that black SUV outside of my apartment. Y'all can just go ahead and drive off. I didn't say it. Yeah, <laughs> to, to, to talk about uh, talk about. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh no! Celis ah! took the internet got cut. They just cut the line. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Hey, hey we might all right, sir. Well I'm just gonna say we 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 we've been trying to negate the the political ramifications, but <laughs> don't forget how it goes down out there. Yo, let's go to our last stop. No, nope, you'll get no more comments. You'll get no, no more comments. I just so got go, kicked out go. the internet. It's okay. Yeah, oh, you'll get no more comments, sir. Hey, look, let's get to our last topic of the night. Very short and sweet, folks. Uh, Xavier Woods has fulfilled his childhood dream. He is now the king of the ring, which started another swirling question today. Is the New Day the best fraction of all time? Folks, Marcellus, you can redeem yourself by saying something that won't get you in any trouble by yeah, answering this hopefully question. Hopefully I won't get kicked off the internet again. But um, as much as I'm happy, proud, and and very, very honored to say that the New Day has been a very successful faction by the fact that when you started them with their open vignettes being God's Property 2.0 of Kurt Franklin to then having Kofi Kingston becoming a world champion, Big E, your new WWE champion, and now you have your King of the Ring. It's been very phenomenal of what these guys took, flipped, and then make the uh, a, a great run uh, in history as far as the faction being tag team champions, world champions, everything of that nature. But they are still not the greatest faction of all time. Uh, when you're greatest faction of all time, you really have to 
proceed over generations, over a long stable of time of what your factions are. And those two factions are DX and the NWO. And to me, you can't top that based on what they did for generations of, of wrestling through the 90s and what it was and still to this day that when you have these guys come back, you know who they are and the instant pop they will have will be outstanding. Now, this generation may view the New Day as that in some form or fashion growing up as they get older to become our agent in the future. But when you talk about the greatest of all time, you still have to go through those other factions. And I'm not even talking about the ones like the Four Horsemen and things in the in the 80s during that time that the New, new Day still hasn't touched. I would be a little bit more controversial when I say I'm not even sure if the New Day is a top five faction oh. of all time. Um, but <laughs> but I'm saying that just for a debate, if we really put like numbers up there of great factions, would the New Day fit in that realm? But the New Day, I'm not taking anything away from them. What they've done has been very successful. You can't knock how the work they've done, but they are not the greatest faction of all time. Interesting. Interesting. When I saw this coming up tonight, that's what it made me think of. I saw two or three checkmark accounts throw it up there that without question now, they are the best of all time. Now, I'm thinking for the younger folks, there's probably a lot of people that are younger that are thinking, yeah, they they are. They Because you got Big E's got the world title now. Kofi got the world title. Of course, numerous tag titles between all of them. And then now the king for Xavier Woods, since he was the one who hadn't had the singles success yet. So the accolades are there. I don't think you necessarily need to have Xavier get the world title to absolutely be on par with all the rest. But the main stuff that jumps out to me when I think about it is so many factions, you know, you'll have like your top one or two guys. Like if you're talking about the horseman, of course, Flair was always the centerpiece. And then everyone else was around him. Yeah, it might have Arn Anderson with some tag titles. You might have had a Barry Windham with the U.S. title. But there was always tend to be like the extra fourth or third member who didn't do a whole heck of a lot as far as like accomplishments. The thing the New Day has going for it is all three of them now are pretty highly decorated. I think that's the big thing is that this now gives Xavier something to hang his hat on. We'll see what he does with it. But obviously, this is a big deal to him. He put a heck of an interview up this evening that's on uh, the WWE feed where he's really genuine and emotional about winning this is something he, I guess he's didn't think he would accomplish. And I think that's kind of the new day story. I think the big thing is when the new day first started out, however many years ago it was, I don't think anybody would be sitting here at that time thinking, you know what? In 2021, these guys are still going to be together. Mm-hmm. They're never going to have broken up. They're never going to have turned heel. They're going to have rode this thing out for a good decade or so now. We're going to have multiple world title runs between them, and they'll pretty much be like the dominant tag team in WWE of the decade. They, I, I think the a big part of this is they have to have surpassed any expectations that there was for that act when they first got together. We know they're a damn merchandising machine. So greatest of all time, that's hard to say, but... I can't argue with the damn success. My God, mm-hmm. what you know? What haven't they done at this yeah. damn point? I, I tell you what, man, they're real lucky that Kurt Franklin had that addiction to porn because God knows if if he hadn't gotten that trouble, they probably would have kept that gimmick. Because they was like, this is God property. <laughs> Points to Kurt Franklin who was getting his porn collection back out of the trash can. That's not a good look. So uh, the stars align for all of this to happen. And actually, Kurt Franklin's addiction is the MVP right now. 
the the honorary fourth member of the new day. Check check the stats, folks. For real, for real. Now, I, of all time, I don't know. They still got a lot more leg under them, but they've been doing some really good things, accolades, uh, societal things, uh, a beacon of hope. You know, uh, black wrestlers getting in uh, high privileged spots, champions. Uh, you know, uh, stuff outside of wrestling, campaigning, movies, uh, Xavier Woods with G- bringing G4 or being part of the G4 resurgence. Um, uh, just, you know, just a lot of good things. You know, there's really nothing about them that you can go back and say, like, they're not uh, they're not positive. Well, I mean, it sounds like a pun. Um, they're just not, there's nothing, there's no, I mean, <laughs> wait a minute, I forgot about Xavier Woods back in the day. He, uh, he you know, he had his, his, um, his other uh, movie stint. Um, <laughs> hey, what consenting adults do and get together and have fun with? That's all that it was all consenting forgot, adults. So forgot, forgot about that. Yeah, the <laughs> mega stars every was um, uh, Woodsy Pipe, uh, but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, there's really no reason that you can look at them and say like they don't got it. All the talent in the world, all the accolades to back it up, um, and just a lot of longevity and a lot more years to come. My only thing with them is, besides them needing more time, is that when you look at every of the other big factions of history, it's always that one person that transcends all beyond wrestling. NWO, it was Hogan, the biggest star probably ever uh, Mm -hmm. of that period. Um, And then NWO, I mean, uh, DX, you can also look at Triple H and um, Shawn Michaels as a tandem. They just were bigger than life. I still don't feel that New Day is that. And the I could confidently say that because even when, you know, you look at the Netflix special with The Undertaker, there was still a vast amount of people that did not know who they were. And that means that they just haven't really broke into that very big audience of folks who uh, are uncasual wrestling fans um, that, uh, you know, chime in time to time, um, you know, and they don't, they don't recognize them. But what Big E is doing right now is part of what needs to be done to then have this conversation a few years down the line. So uh, not yet, but certainly potentially on their way. That's where I'll go with that. Uh, if we're talking in WWE, uh, top 10, maybe. If we're talking in all of wrestling, top 20, maybe. Um, and I think that because it's booked, I can't say that, well, because you were booked to win a title and you were booked to win a tournament and you were booked to win a different title is a metric of success. I think that impact outweighs booking. Um because you could argue that if the New Day had debuted in 1994, would they be as big in a 10-year span as they are now? I don't think they would. The competition was better. Uh, you know, the, the, the business was different. If they had debuted in 1986 and had a 10-year run, would they be as big then? I don't think that's – I don't think they would. You know, the competition was better. You know, the, the, the business was in a different place. But they're the talent that they are, and God bless them because they made the most out of it. Um, but if you look back over all of history, I think that there are those that made a bigger impact at the time 
that they were in than the New Day now. Uh, New Day are a big deal to WWE folks. Are they a big deal worldwide? And I'm not going to say that they are, but I'm not going to say that they're so far removed from the top that they're not in the conversation. Um, Tag teams, that's a different conversation. But as far as trios and factions and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, um, House of Truth and Ring of Honor was a big deal for Ring of Mm -hmm. Honor, made that, you know, that thing. Um, The Dudleys in ECW made that. You know, that wasn't just, uh, you know, a, a small thing. Um, and and so on. And then, of course, there's the big ones like the NWO, the Horsemen, the Freebirds, um, LOD, and, and all of that. You know, that those guys are the ones that we talk about. Maybe necessarily the title matches and the title reigns and stuff like that, but the impression that they left. Could New Day still rise to that level of NWO? We'll ask me in 10 years. Yeah. Ask Time me in 10 tell. years. But I think when you talk about, you know, unfortunately, because of the history that precedes them, it's going to be very hard for them to do it, but not insurmountable. But in Ring of Honor, uh, Bullet Club in Ring of Honor, House of Truth in Ring of Honor, I, you know, that's that's a major, major, major deal for them. <clears throat> You're talking about fractions that made you watch the product. I don't know if New Day has ever been that. Um, that and well, that might um, be a hot take. I don't know. LFI if in Ring of Honor right now with Rouge yeah. and, you know, Flamita yep. and, you know, that's like a yeah. cornerstone of, of Ring of Honor. And, and it's and it's obviously because of the product right now. I mean, they're right. catering towards the kids. Well, So for kids to say that, but I mean, all these fractures that we're talking about cater towards adults, which means that generationally, we appreciate the New Day. We like them, but they're a part of the product. These yeah. other fractures we talking about, they almost superseded them. Hell, yeah. when the Bullet Club was in New- ROH, even Carrie, who runs uh, ROH, said, we survived the Bullet Club leaving. That tells you something right there. Right. They got hit with the Doomsday device, and they said, we made it. So, And even in, even in AEW, uh, the Inner Circle was like a mainstay as far as factions go that kind of like was a cornerstone of AEW. Uh, you know, a year and a half to two years ago. Yeah. So, greatest? Well, no, because you have to acknowledge the history. Yeah, give them some time. But I think, but I think they have much more time to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not Kofi because he old, but in general, um, it will be. It will be interesting be to see when Kofi's career starts to wind down to a point where he has to take sort of a back seat. Uh, role uh, within this fraction, and that yeah. that that's that's really going to be telling as well too. Uh, but again, yeah, the, the three of those guys they work their ass off. I'm I'm always happy to see them and uh, whatever they do. But like greatest of all time, give them some time. Give them some time. Yeah, you know what's funny in the NFL, <laughs> the NFL loves to have that conversation because God knows, like three or yeah. four years ago, they were saying Andrew Luck was the best <laughs> quarterback. <laughs> Where is that guy? No, well, I mean, so, and of course, a lot of the hilarity when I was seeing the tweets tonight saying it was people were putting that up there and saying, saying New Day are the greatest faction of all time. And they were making sure they turned those replies off when they posted that up there. <laughs> but but in, in the NBA, how many baby Jordans were there? I can name at least three. Carol yeah. Miner being one. That, yeah. Yeah. Right. Kwame Brown being two. Right. Do you say Kwame Brown? Right. No. Well, I said, yeah. I said Kwame Brown, but but uh, uh, Ron Harper was the original. Yeah. Harold Meyer. Yeah. No, yeah. Lamar Odom. 
<laughs> so I mean, so how many baby Jordans were there? And and that and not to say that they didn't pan out, but they obviously weren't baby Jordan. Just nope. Kobe. Just it. That's it. <laughs> and then after that, there was a bunch of baby Kobe's, and I don't know any of them. Right. <laughs> so all right, so let's get ready and wrap up tonight's episode. Um, as we always do, we're gonna uh give just our weekly and our very current news for the week. Uh yep. promotions and shows you can watch and other things that are kind of trending that did not make the discussion board. Jamal, what you got? So uh we talked about the PWI 150 that was up from 100. Uh Bianca Belair is number one. Uh Utami Hayashishita from Stardom is number two. Deanna Parato from Impact is number three. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is number four. Thunder Rosa is five. They're both from AEW. Six is Sasha Banks. Uh Siri from Stardom is number seven. Io Shirai from NXT uh 1.0 is number eight. Tom Nakano from Stardom is number nine, and Raquel Gonzalez from NXT is number 10 and it's hard to argue against anybody for me in the top 10, but you know, there are still some questions of people that you could fit in there. Could, should Mickey James be in the top 10? Uh, well, I mean, we'll, based, that's based a question for the cultural saying. impact because yeah. <laughs> she directed the pay-per-view. There you go. You mean that's you know, she directed the pay-per-view for NWA and people watched it. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Should, um, should, should Brandy be in the top 10? <laughs> nah, just keep going with the news. Chief Brandon, should should newborn Liberty be in the top ten? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So who knows? Uh, so that, that is the thing. That is the thing to consider, though. Um, Busted Open Radio. They had Braun Strowman, uh, formerly known as Braun Strowman, on the on the show. And uh, oh, oh, yeah, I got you, got you, got yeah, you, got you. Formerly known as Braun Strowman on the show. I don't know what his name is now. Adam Sher, I think. Yeah. Or Cher, okay. Or yeah, I didn't like know if he was using his real the name Titan or the Adam Sher. Okay. Sher. That's great. So, um, so basically, they were talking about the free to narrative uh, bit that he's doing with uh, EC3, and you know, after his WWE career, and uh, and he says, well, I think it's a huge word to, to be able to describe uh, right now, uh, to describe me right now, because he can't talk. Uh, the word free, uh, mentally, physically, everything like that, not being locked in any kind of contracts, being able to pick and choose what I want to do with my life. He's 38. He's 38. Um, and finally, for the first time in my life, I don't have to any, ask anyone's permission to do anything. It's actually a pretty damn good feeling to be able to work on this project, the Freedom Narrative Initiative. Uh, it was life changing for me, to say the least. I think that's good of him to say, especially since he's more known for him saying, hey, indie guys, why don't you get a job already? Uh, paraphrasing, of course, but it is, you know, to see what, how the tables have turned from him being in a lifelong contract with WWE to being released from the contract to creativity. I can do whatever I want now. So uh, he goes on to say that WWE turned him into a quote, corporate monster. So you know. <laughs> EC3 is the exit, the exit counselor. That's just that. Yeah. You have to go through him in order to become a, a free agent out here. So, yeah. Um, Enzo Amore or <laughs> NZO as he's uh going, uh, he's apparently going to be at that MLW show in uh November, November 6th in Philly, uh, War Chamber. Um, I don't know if he's going to be in MLW uh, you know, permanently or for a short time or if it's a one off, but I think that you know, because he's been active on the indies recently, uh, he's also 34. Good lord, he's been active Man. on the recent indies recently and stuff. Um, it's good to say that he's quietly 
you know, been, you know, making a go of it. And if he can make a thing in an MOW, who's making major, like, low-key making moves um, to do some good work. A pay-per-view in, in about, what, two weeks? Yeah. In Philly looks pretty interesting. Um, and if I weren't going to St. Louis or AEW, I would be in Philadelphia for the MOW, you know, myself. Um, but, yeah, good on, good on Enzo for kind of quietly turning things around. Um, key words. Quietly. But, yeah, very yeah. quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no more, no, no more diss tracks, you know, no more any of that. It, just, any of that. Yeah, yeah quietly going work. And here we go on the other end of the spectrum, because I know this ain't going to be quietly. Oh, yeah, so Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm reading this from the Wrestling Inc., but he did a uh, an interview with on the show called After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I don't know. But, <laughs> right. Oh, they, yeah. they, they managed to book Cody Rhodes. So um, they were talking about how AEW continues to push the envelope in spite of the rise of, quote, cancel culture. Um. And Cody, so no, I, mean, I think it's a fair question. Uh, things, if you push the envelope in the wrong way, people are going to react negatively about it. Um, and I'm not talking about the people that are just going to hate to hate because that's what Twitter tells them to do. But we have seen situations like with Max Caster, um, the Me Too stuff, the AEW didn't completely dodge a bullet with that, um, getting rid of Ivelisse. You know, they've quietly had to do some things in order to mitigate the waters of what the culture dictates nowadays. So, uh, okay. I, no, no, I, I mean, no they have to do it just as much as anybody else has, but you know, to be fair, that is a thing that they've had to do. I just don't, I know. I just don't agree that you had to do it because of what the culture says. It should just be a, a moral and ethic decision of saying that. Well, bad. it wasn't, it wasn't the, the internet told him so, and they had to do a thing. Well, Sammy yeah, Guevara yeah. got suspended for some shit that he said four years before he was thought of in AEW. Yeah, no, no, but, you're 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 right, but that's not how it should be. But yep, go ahead. No, but that's not yeah, but that's not that's not what the reality is because the you know even least um you know and when Rosa had a beef, uh, that shit should have been squashed, and it wasn't, and it got out, and you know she's gone. Uh, Shauna, um, who's apparently like a huge far right you know um, conspiracy theorist or whatever in France, um, said some crazy shit on Twitter or in in French Twitter, and it got back and translated, and now she's gone. So they've had to do some things that would be unpopular in the perception of the popular culture, mm-hmm. and they have to manage it, manage that shit still. And then also Cody, who is a lightning rod of, um, of of a heat, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so they've had to do it. It's been trouble waters at times, and he says, "Well, how do we do it? I don't know." Yeah. Thanks, Cody. Uh, it's such a sensitive time, and as you know, and comedy is probably more targeted stand-up comedy is more targeted than pro wrestling but pro wrestling live interviews definitely have been and we have to be more accountable we have to take a look at it but also we're going to push the envelope and do it under the absolute idea that what you're seeing on television this is the character that i am don't judge that in a civilian setting and for the people that understand that which our fan base does this doesn't have these big calls to be canceled ask max caster what that's like yeah, duh, hold on, bro. First of all, shout out to Cody for the really pseudo uh, jab at Dave Chappelle because that's the only comedian right now that that's being targeted for things. So, well, being targeted on that level because he's Dave Chappelle, but comedians get shit for saying stuff all the time. Yeah, but also if cancel culture ain't bringing it to the forefront, then it doesn't exist in this conversation. And then also Cody talking about the character. 
you can use that excuse, as you said, with Max Caster, but you can use that excuse for everything. So you're saying you're not held accountable for the things that we're seeing on Rose to the Top, the things that you're tweeting. So you just basically get a pass to do whatever you want because you can always say that's not you. Oh, by yeah. the way, the Rip Flair is absolutely the best uh, Samaritan of all time. Or what's it, whatever his real name is, because we've never seen that guy before, right? Well, see, but that's why I bring it up, because I think that it's interesting that Cody makes a statement like that about, you know, cancel culture when Max Caster gets thrown under the bus. Sammy Guevara gets um, you know hit by that bus that ran over Max Caster and, and and other things that are happening. And then you have like Jake Roberts dry humping Brandy Rhodes in an angle on TV for no reason. Uh, you have MJF, whose gimmick is to be that guy. Um, mm-hmm. and then you have other things, uh, that, that happen. And then it's just, as a matter of like, well, Cody said that he had a kid. So racism is canceled on TV and he got lambasted for that. And then on the other hand, um, you know, Nick Gage is on TV also. And he got, and AEW was champion for that, for giving him a second, a second chance for a convicted felon bank robber. I mean, Yes, you know, now we're splitting hairs and it's not an, a one-to-one comparison every single time, but it is interesting in general how um it is interesting in general how one thing hits hard and some one the same thing doesn't for somebody else. Um it, it's it's just silly in the end. Almost as silly as getting busted for marijuana, like Effie. Um he got uh busted for uh, for pot in Atlanta. Uh fortunately for him, uh Weed has been decriminalized in the city of Atlanta, the city of Savannah, Savidia, city of Statesboro, Georgia, and the fine in those towns are between seventy-five and three hundred dollars. Outside of that area, um, you can find you can be fined up to a year in jail or a thousand-dollar fine. And of course, weed is illegal federally. Good luck with that shit. But um, Effie took the Twitter this morning saying that uh, Effie is guilty of possessing point two hundredths of an ounce. Of marijuana, according to the city of Atlanta, and must pay the fine. Obviously, it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but he'll be in Leavenworth if he did it in the federal park. You can argue. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. But I mean, it's a schedule yeah. for narcotic, so right. he should have had heroin if he's going to do it in a federal park. But um, <laughs> but the but the bottom line is the whole you know we think it's silly. Um, it's illegal if it's not legal. It, it's just it's just ridiculous at this point. Um. Roads to the top is still going on, but its season finale is like soon. Yeah, uh, they burning those off fast, They're, right? They, so they, I don't know. It's if almost a, like they just want it to disappear. It's like, I don't know if that's a good gotcha thing teaser. or a bad thing. Definitely, and, definitely as a questionable thing. Yeah, I mean, like the show has been interesting, and I've been kind of into it. I wish there were more backstage stuff and less, uh, you know, scripted plot points. But the bottom line, because Cody's had a hell of a year. You don't need to script anything outside of that. I don't give a shit about his family. Yes, Brandy's pregnant, and that's cool. But realistically, he's taken enough eggs this L this year and eggs where you don't have to build any drama. Just watch Dynamite from May. And that whole run with a go-go to double or nothing was a fucking abysmal. And then the whole Glock Anderson thing that you know proceeded later on in the year. I mean, it's the shit kind of writes itself. So it is interesting to see um that it's going by so quickly and also that road to the top didn't suck so you know good on them but very trade lightly because warner warner media right now they're they're, they're taking eyes on all their products especially uh with this ruby rose thing going on here 
uh, they're they're not short of their tongue of making statements. So uh, if he if he he got to tread that that thin line of of controversy and 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 whatever you want to call it, uh, especially with that 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 promo thing. Yeah. So so this weekend, uh, you know, obviously the wrestling is nonstop. Ring of Honor is uh, having a thing uh, tomorrow night in Philadelphia. So good on them for having a live show. Uh, Bloodsport is in Los Angeles. Uh, if you like into the Josh Barnett deal, SmackDown, and, and, and get this. So they're hopefully they're on a plane from Saudi Arabia from Riyadh to the U.S. and they're going from Saudi Arabia to Wichita, Kansas, for SmackDown. Ooh. They couldn't even be booked on a show on the East Coast to fly from. They got to go from Saudi Arabia to fucking Kansas. There is no way that it's a direct flight from Saudi Arabia to Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, it's got to be a charter. It's got to be. It's definitely got to be a charter, but nobody's flying. There isn't a plane that flies that far. So, uh, you know, so good luck with that. Uh, you know, that's got to be like a 15-hour flight. I hope that they're able to to get it done. But Jesus H, why would you book that? Why would you book that show? Um, Why would you book it in Wichita? You know, have it in New York. The, the Friday after uh, – actually, that's <clears throat> what you do. Uh, the Friday uh, after, uh, 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 no, nope. after see, Saudi mania is no, on the see, East Coast somewhere. See, uh, yeah, but see, that's the thing. And logistically, they had their whole schedule for the year, and then Saudi Arabia's like, so by the way, we got a thing we're yeah. trying to do. Book it we'll now. Extra, Book we'll, it now. Put an extra, we'll put an extra zero on the end here because we want it on this day. Yeah. And you think Vince <laughs> gave a hell about his talent? Oh, he's going to say, no, you're doing it. You're doing that, it. That, that first plane that went out, that was Vince. <laughs> yeah. So so the deal is um, Rampage is apparently not live on Friday. I don't see an event date listed uh, for Saturday Friday. So this week. I want, no, Rampage comes on Friday. So okay, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing it up because Dynamite's Saturday again. Yeah, so week. Dynamite is not Saturday bad. again on TNT at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rampage, which preceded it live on Friday, uh, is not live this week. So I wonder if Rampage was taped somewhere. Um, or if I don't know how they're making that work, or if they're doing the Jericho Cruise. Um, I haven't seen probably, any match because I want to say Cruise, it was probably taped after Dynamite last week. If it was, it would have come out like results or something would have come I think, out. Well, wait, I think I heard they're doing Andrade and Pack, and it was really good. I think I heard about that. Um, yeah, so the matches have been announced, and they're doing Andrade Pack, they're doing the um TBS title, um, shenanigans. Um, and two other matches. So the Jericho Cruise, I believe, leaves today. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that comes into play and for AEW. And, of course, Saturday night is Dynamite this week, and they're back to Wednesday the week after. Um, in southern New Jersey, uh, CCW is happening, and WXW has a big weekend of shows in Germany Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and that's the news for this week. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, again, as I state, uh, we are live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. on Twitter at Big Gold Belt. Um, join us. Be part of the conversation. Um, surprisingly enough, Jamal named all these other promotions and whatnot, except for Bound for Glory happening this weekend. I don't watch the be Yeah. Well, well, do you go to every promotion that you name? Uh, all I right. Like yeah. I mean, so Bound for Glory, this- you know, I'm shouting <laughs> you out. Just saying. <laughs> Bound for Glory this Saturday. In Vegas, uh, should be a very uh, spectacular show. Um, the formerly known as the Iconics are going to be debuting 
which got a chance to talk to them this week. Got a chance to talk to Josh Alexander, who's going to be facing Christian Cage for the Impact World Championship. Um, so, yeah, that's that. But, yeah, join us each and every week, 8 p.m., um, and then you can catch the podcast replay uh, the following day, Friday, on all audio platforms. So, yep, folks, I'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you all, or you'll hear from us next week. What I really need, that big old bell, big old bell, big old bell.